Welcome to the Psychology of Case Management podcast, the show that helps you use psychological ideas to strengthen your relationship with your catastrophically injured clients and their professional network, so you can achieve more for your clients and feel more fulfilled in your role. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Psychology of Case Management podcast. We have been lucky enough in the last series to have lots and lots of very exciting and different professionals in the personal injury world sharing their their wisdom and knowledge uh, about how to do the personal injury work as they understand it and they see it. And I've been very grateful for their input. But it did occur to me that we haven't had many a solicitor or uh, the the legal perspective um, on some of the work we do. So today I'm very, very grateful to have a legal mind sharing uh, thoughts on personal injury and how to get the best out of the work we need to do for our clients and how to maximize those outcomes, which ultimately is what we're trying to do rehabilitation wise and of course, settlement wise. So today I'm very, very grateful and pleased to introduce Crystal Eden, a solicitor at Slater and Gordon who uh, works with serious injury clients. Welcome, Crystal Eden. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me here today. Oh, I'm very grateful for your, for your input. Like I say, you're, you're our um, first legal mind. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to hear the, the perspective of the legal mind on, on some of the uh, personal injury experiences that we will all share but all have a different sort of uh, look in on it, it. You know, the lens that we bring is, is going to be different, of course. But before we get into all that juicy stuff, maybe you could tell us a little bit about you and, and your journey to, to where you are today. Well, I really enjoy my work. Um, I, I'm passionate about helping others, mm. especially the seriously injured with their rehabilitation and their recovery, as well as achieving mm. justice and compensation. I find the work so interesting and varied. Um, We help with civil and criminal injuries claims, fatal cases, help with road traffic, crash cases, accidents at work, slips and trips, fatal. So really varied, really interesting. I love the medical side of things and the clinical side of things. For me, it's just about helping make a difference to to those in need. Absolutely. And I, 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 I think that's a really that's a really common sort of joining I think you know we talked earlier and um, before we started recording that connection I think people who work in personal injury can really connect with that idea of just wanting to help people who've had something really unfortunate and traumatic happen to them and with your lens as a legal mind uh, as opposed to say mine as a psychologist we're kind of all trying to to achieve that for our clients so how come you did go into law and perhaps not something else that's um, more helping professions um, like, a, I don't know, say psychology or medicine, as you say, which is um, an interest of yours? That's a really good question. And um, it was just always something that I was, I was interested in, um, I think, finding out what, what, what's happened and being able to investigate things. And I remember getting a job as a, a paralegal, a personal injury mm. paralegal. Um, and I, I just enjoyed it from, from, from the start. I loved, you know, finding out about what happened in the accidents and also obtaining details of people's um, injuries and how it impacted them and um, really, really sort of building up the picture to try and, you know, help make a difference to them. I think this is just, um, that's all been part of a really good building on the experience um, for me. And it's still 
providing a, you know a great service to, to clients and, and making a difference yeah I love that actually because people do often say that personal injury isn't necessarily something that they sort of designed within their sort of work sort of life that you know they weren't necessarily thinking well, personal injury that's where I want to specialize and it comes up just by accident almost and it just connects with you know the, the sort of interest and the values that we have and you know what we want to be able to do and sort of in our lives and our purpose but how it lends itself or how other experiences in our life lends itself to working in personal injury like you say I don't want to use the concept of customer service because uh, that sounds very retail-y, but actually having that customer service experience does feel like it fits with the client uh, service or experience that we want our clients to have. And, and I really, I think it's really important to remember that our, you know, that that, that sort of uh, relationship building is so core to our clients who need to feel that they're supported and held. Um, and so in that sense, that the kind of everyone's a little bit of a psychologist, if you like, in the personal injury world, perhaps more so than in other sort of fields of law or, you know, other sort of therapy fields that people might get themselves into. Would you say that that's something that you identify with? I think so. I think it's just putting, you know, the client at the very centre of things and, um, you know, just just making that difference to them. That's what it's all about to, to, to me. Yeah. So tell me, some of our audience may be quite new to personal injury, but I always think it really helps frame kind of some of the other ideas that might come out of our conversation. But the idea of kind of at the point of someone sadly having an injury and uh, the process that they might follow. So what it what the the sort of trajectory might be for them at the point of having an injury to, um, I guess, being in a good place with rehabilitation, which may well be and more likely to be after the point of settlement, what that kind of process looks like from your lens, from your side? Sure. Well, we recommend that if, if somebody's had a serious injury, they can seek advice at any stage. But Really, the sooner the better to get the ball rolling. So briefly, we meet with the client and family um, in person. We also offer telephone and video links. Priority is to find out what happened and why and, and how we can help. So detective work. Mm. We then contact the insurance company as soon as possible to establish fault or blame. Um, because to bring a claim, we have to show that somebody else is at fault. It's actually a low standard of proof for civil claims on the balance of probabilities and what probably happened rather than the highest standard for criminal cases and beyond reasonable doubt. But inquest hearings and police findings can really help us, especially where there's been a prosecution. So we obtain a police report, I speak with family liaison officer or, or even the investigating officer if that applies in that case. We can attend criminal hearings if necessary can offer witness appeals and support at criminal hearings, um, inquest and inquiry representation. And sometimes we need an accident reconstruction um, expert, if it's a road traffic case, to, to work out what happened. Mm. Our, our key priority is to obtain funding for private rehabilitation and treatment to maximise recovery. And I will talk more on this um, later, but we organise a needs assessment and a case mm. manager to recommend rehab and treatment at the earliest stage and they help source and liaise with the NHS and providers 
they help us keep updated with the medical pathway and rehab throughout the claim. Because although we're not clinicians, um, it's something that we're, we're, we're very interested in. And obviously, it's, it's at the forefront of our mind about helping, helping the client. Interim payments are crucial. Um, we listen to the needs of clients to help with specific issues. Our aim is to help the client and family um, relieve any unnecessary strain and stress. So if somebody's not working or they have no reduced earnings due to their injuries or they've passed away, then we can request interim payments immediately throughout the claim to help financially avoid debt. This is just so important because interim payments can be used for finance needs, treatments, care and support. Also really lucky to have a specialist welfare benefits advisor at the firm. Um, He could provide advice on eligibility and entitlements, help make applications and appeals. And that's included um, as part of the claim, um, advice on welfare benefits. There's there's no charge to the client. So I know that clients find that that really helpful. Throughout the claim, we'll obtain uh, medical records and medical expert reports for an opinion on the extent of the injuries to cover any need for treatment, rehab, the prognosis for recovery. Medical expert reports, they also consider the future risks of deterioration and any impact on the ability to work now and in the future. Updated reports may well be required depending on how serious the injuries are and how the recovery is. We gather details of care and financial losses incurred as a result of the injury. We speak with family, friends and colleagues to understand about the accident and build a full picture of life pre-accident. So we consider loss of earnings and pension loss. We may also need care and accommodation expert evidence regarding care needs and house adaptations um, if, if recommended, if needed. But a key part of our role, Shabnam, is to advise the client as to the value of their claim and mm-hmm. to obtain the right result, both in terms of rehabilitation and compensation to provide for their future needs. Our aim is to put them as far as possible back into the position they had before the traumatic life-changing accident occurred, if it's not possible then to ensure a quality of life. The t- timescale is really governed by the speed of recovery and the prognosis. Um, we- we're not able to advise accurately on the value of the claim until all the symptoms are stabilised or until we know when that's likely to happen. And this is because the compensation should reflect any long-term consequences. Otherwise, there's potential for undersettlement. Once mm-hmm. a claim's settled, it's usually always full and final, and there's no opportunity to come back for more if the symptoms mm-hmm. deteriorate or the recovery is not as good as it's hoped. Um, and so the how long the claim takes in total really depends on whether or not a reasonable offer of settlement will be made and, and w- what the recovery will be. Um, ultimately, once we reach a settlement, it doesn't just stop there. We arrange advice um, about how to protect and invest that compensation for longer term needs, which is really important because many of our clients are vulnerable um, and that this money will need to, to last them for their needs. So we're lucky enough to have an investment team um, in Adroit who can advise on investments and personal injury trusts so that clients can continue to receive means tested benefits, even with their compensation. We also have a court protection team to help with capacity issues and they can help manage money. And a wills and probate team, they can help with um, fatal cases too. So we're really lucky that we have access to such specialist teams who can help support our clients. Mm. 
it's so complex and when you describe it which is really helpful the way you, you described it really took me and my mind through the journey that a client might need you know might end up sort of following and I, you can see already in in that sort of concise description just where it could you know kind of become elongated for example if the, the you know stability isn't you know quite uh, there and so you have to wait until symptoms are or, or the position is much more stable before you can even think about what the the numbers are going to look like financially and I know that the, the whole process is financially complex and that's a massive part of what you're trying to maximize ultimately because I think as you said that concept of having one bite at the cherry as one of my solicitor colleagues often says which I really it really fits for me like you get one bite at the cherry and you want to get it right you've got to get it right so it is a very thorough painfully long process in some cases I had one case that went on for 15 years which is incredible a child's case pediatric cases I'm assuming in my experience at least anyway take um take a bit longer to settle than adult cases um they do that's right and 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 the brain injury the adult injury cases spinal cases as well yeah and I, I suppose for me I see kind of the maximizing outcomes as two things that's the whole premise of the the podcast as well it, as I'm sure uh, you know people probably have worked out by now that part of it is maximizing that settlement 100% and that goes hand in hand with the um maximizing the rehabilitation and for me allowing or supporting people to have the life they they could have led had it not been for the injury it's such a massive goal overall that I'm I'm curious as to how serious injury solicitors like yourself and your colleagues think about that um, alongside what I as a psychologist would say alongside the trauma and the the impact it's had on what you also described earlier on as the support system, the family as well. Yes, the client has been injured, but this the family has to effectively pick up the pieces. Um, and given that we're all human, that's a big ask. So I'm curious about how tra- well rehab is rehabilitation is viewed um, within that um, model that you just described of sort of maximising the, the financial outcome. Sure. Well, for me, rehabilitation is absolutely vital and it, it, essential. My priority is is to try and help people recover as much as possible, and I really do want to get them back back on track and um, put them back in that same position uh, you know as much as possible and as you say it's 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 having that help as well from um from 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 case managers and um other clinicians um that that can really help us um do that and completely to 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 work with with the client and their family and to provide the family with support as well it's 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 really at the center of what we do Mm, i'm so glad you say that that the family is part of the support network ought to also be part of the focus, therefore. I don't know if that's a changing, in your experience, um, if that's a changing sort of, people perceive it or solicitors and deputies are perceiving that maybe differently as time goes by. In, in the psychology world and in the therapy world, I think it's, it's a very standard sort of, sort of uh, statement that the family is part of the support network. If the support network through the family is not stable, 
rehabilitation is absolutely going to be compromised, particularly with those catastrophic injuries and brain injuries. But I, I've I've sometimes come across barriers with the litigating solicitors or, or deputies that funding or the client is not requesting this fund or, or the strategy doesn't necessarily extend to that support family system, which seems it doesn't make sense in my formulation of, of a client's needs. It never makes sense, but it, it seems to uh, some crop up every so often that actually the client is not the family, therefore the family cannot be provided support for. And I'm wondering if there's a sort of rule out there that 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 lawyers solicitors sort of use. I think that it's so important that we um, we involve the family. So what we normally do um, with, with the claims, we instruct a case manager initially mm. to meet with the client and their family. Um, to carry out an immediate needs assessment of the injured person. And they identify the goals and make recommendations that are specifically tailored to the client needs. Mm. And um, the support of the family is, is, is so important because often that's not provided on the NHS mm. and statutory services. So it might be that one of those recommendations by the case manager might be that the family do need support um, as well and this can all work towards the same goal helping the client with their with their recovery so I think it is it is really important. That's really great to hear actually I'm going to use this (laughs) the next time I have a conversation with a solicitor well the client is not the fact you know the mum or you know the the partner or whatever is not you know it's not the client therefore we can't fund it. I mean, case managers, they have such a good um, relationship, trust with the client and the family that often have most contact with them um, Mm. and um, outside the therapy team in their home setting. So they're really best place to help support the the client and their families. And I just completely agree that family members and uh, carers, even if they're informal carers, they're, they're crucial to the success of the rehabilitation and um, I think I think it's so important to, um, to 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 keep them involved, and and I think when there are any challenges and, and issues, um, it's just really helpful for the case manager to um, make us aware so that we can try and help and deal and and deal with these issues. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree, and I find that it, the the way we write our case management update reports is really crucial in highlighting not just things that have happened that have gone well, things that have happened that have perhaps not gone so well, but also things that might potentially be a barrier or an obstacle for rehabilitation, you know, at some point. It's not necessarily that we need to act on it right now, but just kind of helping the solicitors get into the frame into, you know, like you say, we're as case managers, we're on the ground a lot more than probably any other profession around the client. And so, uh, you know, what we can bring that has a sort of uh, longer term perspective, I think, is um, really valuable. Um, so it's really good to hear, you know, that you would you would respond to that uh, favourably. Yeah, I agree. Our shared priority is the, is, is the client and to ensure that their needs are not only met, but prioritised um, so that they're given the best opportunity to get their lives back on track and become independent. Mm. Um, we're all working together, in my view, towards the same goal and the injured person's at the centre of that process for the legal team and rehabilitation. Um, and that helps provide the, the, the best service um, for, for them to prevent, to, for them to benefit from 
specialised rehab um, to aid recovery and improve quality of life for for the future. Um, You mentioned um, multidisciplinary uh, teams Mm -hmm. and and their rehabilitation. So for me, um, something like an MDT meeting is just a really great opportunity to stay up to date in relation to the rehab and the therapies, just to get a better understanding of the needs and challenges um, faced by the client. Because I'm not a clinician, um, it's still of interest um, to me. And in some cases, if there's large costs for care and rehabilitation, it might be worthwhile considering um, inviting both the claimant and the defendant lawyers because actually Ooh. then that's collaborative working and it might be beneficial to try and get things, uh, funding for things approved much more quickly. So oh, that, that's, that's a me. bloody good tip. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that working together as, as part of a team, you know, with, with, with case managers, we can just provide the very best service um, so that the client can then benefit from the rehabilitation, which the personal injury claim can provide. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really interesting. The idea of working collaboratively, even with the defending team, feels like it might be challenging to to what we're trying to achieve sometimes, because you almost think, you know, I'm doing this to uh, get the evidence, as you say, to explain and yeah, evidence the need for the client, but the defendant is naturally going to have a stance that that may not be needed or to question that. And that feels quite exposing in a way, but I guess they would do that anyway, right? So they might as well do it within a context that that really spells out the value of what you were trying to do. Well, I think that um, open and productive collaborative working um, in relation to rehabilitation can really help be really beneficial because even where liability for an accident is unclear or, or denied, insurers actually have a duty under the Court Rehab Code to consider any treatment that a patient needs to help their recovery, mm. whether that be physical, psychological or vocational, getting back to mm. work. And so that's actually a duty. And it's in their interest as well, um, because mm. if a person can recover, um, you know, then actually the, 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 the compensation that might then have an effect on that. So I think it is in their interest and they actually have um, guidance under the court rules as well to consider that. Mm. And I suppose as a case manager, you could you could probably request something of that joint collaborative working a bit more when it's, say, a jointly instructed case, you know, to, to, in order to maintain that balance and that sense of accountability to both sides or that neutrality. Um, yes, I mean case yeah. managers can be um, instructed by, um, by 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 the claimant or or jointly with the claimant mm-hmm. and defendant by by solicitors. But mm-hmm. um, I do re- recognise that ultimately the case manager is is independent um, and mm-hmm. their duty is, is is to the client and um, their their rehabilitation. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, in terms of solicitors being able to do their jobs basically to maximize those outcomes obviously you are massively dependent on the team on the ground as supported by the case manager to get that information shared with you and without that um, your job is really tough (laughs) (laughs) well case managers just play an absolutely essential role for our seriously injured clients because they're usually clinically experienced, they can address what rehabilitation is needed so that the injured client can make as good a recovery as possible. And 
they just help me as a solicitor be able to understand and be able to progress that client's treatment and rehab needs. They help source private treatment because those injured in a claim have right to private rehab and treatment, whether or not that's available via statutory services in the same time. And that's vital because there are often delays and backlogs, as we know, and the statutory services vary widely in quality and area. So it, it, it's, 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 it's really important if they can help, um, help in that way. They can help deal with reasonable adaptations, um, request reasonable ad- adaptations at work and liaise with the employer, uh, deal with housing issues and the needs of the family who support the injured individual, as, as we've touched on. In one ongoing case for a young woman that I act for with, she's got complex orthopedic internal psychological injuries. The case manager's all organised physio, psychological help, um, coordinating NHS and private consultant follow-ups. Mm. She's helped chase for the metal work removal needed, helped with recommending adaptations such as handrails, and, and she helped coordinate a move to a bungalow because our client could not manage the stairs. Equipment was recommended, such as a heated seat um, to help relieve pain. Um, And she'll help our client explore return to work options at the appropriate time. Case managers just really keep us just fully updated um, Mm. with the pathway and and rehab. And they'll provide progress reports. And as you say, they reflect well on what works well and what needs adapting and changing in rehab. And uh, they can show whether or not various therapies and rehab have worked and benefited the client. So actually that can then help in the claim because that can be the, used in evidence to help support the future needs for the settlement. And mm. so in fact, it can be crucial to the litigation process because the case manager holds such um, a wealth of evidence about rehabilitation needs and, and, and options. And if the need is properly evidenced and reasonably required, the client's going to be entitled to it and it will be fully recoverable. Yeah, which is win-win. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious about what the barriers, what barriers you find, what, what are the things that get in the way of getting those maximised uh, settlement and rehab outcomes? For me as a psychologist, I, you know, I, I think unaddressed trauma is one of the biggest issues that comes up and because it comes mm-hmm. up in terms of engagement with rehabilitation, it comes up in terms of how one relates to the care team. And, and so do you get lots of uh, turnover and poor retention with your care teams? It comes up in, you know, sort of the emotional response that sits within the conversations that you have with your client, which means that you can't really talk about the big things uh, that need to be addressed and, and the priorities in order to make uh, you know, to to uh, to be able to 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 move forward either in litigation or in rehab, because the client is, you know, quite emotionally stuck and really struggling with the the impact of what's happened. And until that's addressed in some way, shape, or form, the rest is just it's like wading through treacle. But obviously, I would say that as a psychologist because I would be. Um, I can see that 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 is, you know, know, there's a lot of literature to support that idea as well. And I think it's real in the work we do. But I'm curious as to if that's something that you have also experienced. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree. Often these um, events have been, you know, really traumatic, um, you know, for for, for the client. And they will need some psychological input. And so it's, it's, it's really important that 
that help is is organized so that they they've got access to psychological help and then that will really help along the process with their physical recovery um as well and i think it, it, it it's so important that there is that need addressed um to, to to really help and maximize that recovery mm. yeah no that's that's helpful in understanding we do some training actually on the impact of trauma and and how it's you know so focusing on it is almost sort of the key to unlocking rehabilitation or thinking about it in the understanding and the conceptualization of the client's needs um, is 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 super important along with things like pain and managing sleep these are sort of foundation needs that almost will get in the way of anything else that you overlay sort of goals wise and rehabilitation wise because if you're not sleeping well you're in a lot of pain you're feeling massively you know there's a there's a lot of sort of trauma response to what happened these are some of the biggest barriers I think to to being able to achieve that rehabilitation as we theoretically know can happen yeah and so I'm just curious as to how that presents in the work you do and how you perhaps overcome that well, um, I completely agree. Um, it's so important to, to, to be aware of, of these issues and it's really helpful to us um, it, when the uh, case manager can provide progress reports and they can reflect where, on, on what works well and what's not and, and if there's any challenges and for them to keep assessing the, the, the goals and the recommendations along the way. And if there is something um, like psychological or pain management help that may may well help the client um, with their rehab journey if that's recommended then we that that that's great we you know we can that that will help us um, identify that that that's a need um, and so we can then seek funding for that or, or take 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 that into account for the claim as well so mm. it, it, it's, it's really good if that's um, if, if that's highlighted brill brill so, Crystal, in terms of being able to help you and your um, colleagues, solicitor colleagues, in the role that you do, what three things would you say that we as case managers and therapists could take into consideration to just help that team and that communication, that connectedness around the client to maximise those outcomes? What three things would be sort of your advice for us? Um, sure. Well, Number one, um, I think I'd just recommend please um, try and keep clear clear records um, because records are such useful evidence to us. They provide regular updates on goals and recommendations and costings um, in reports. And I would just recommend just trying to keep you know, factual and objective and just to be aware that clinical and medical records may not be correct. They might not, may not pay, paint the full picture. So it's really useful for um, if, if case managers can, you know, reflect on, on, on what they know and, and what they may have gained from other sources. So that, that really that really helps us. Mm. Um, number two, communication is, is mm. just vital. Please keep keep me updated. It works really well when the relationship's just open and working together, placing the, the injured person at the, the centre. So if something important has, has happened or if there's been a challenge, something new identified, please let me know um, as soon as possible. Um, just to pick up the phone, um, call me, because even if it will be some time until the next progress report, um, we can then 
step in and try and help to deal with, with, with any challenges. And we can work together to ensure that the appropriate support and funding for that support is, is then in place. And then number three, I'd just say, um, please, please consider involving me um, in MDT, multidisciplinary team meetings. They're just a, a great opportunity for, for me to stay up to date with the rehab and therapies. And ultimately, just working together, we, we, we can then provide the very best service to our clients. And we can ensure that they're going to be able to benefit from the vital rehabilitation which the injury claim can can provide to help their recovery real yeah no I I I like that I particularly like the last one because I haven't even though I've been part of an MDT that has involved the legal teams I don't know if I've done I don't think I really do that as standard so um, I feel like you've given me permission (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Um, so yeah thank you for that And, and my last question is how do you cope with the work we do? You know, one of the things that we're very aware of is that we are dealing with some really, really traumatised clients with injuries that are life-changing, lifelong, uh, families whose lives are no longer, you know, the life that they effectively signed up to. And it can be really difficult to sit with that when that is your entire caseload of, of work that you do. I, I'm curious as to how you then cope with the stresses and the strains and the challenges of the job. Well, I just see it as a, as a privilege being able to help people um, through really traumatic times with, the, with these injuries. I, I really enjoy my work, but I, I do think that it's so important to just keep that balance between you know work and life and you know mm. to be able to you know ensure our own well-being um and, and wellness and I think that is important whatever can be enjoyable um you know when the weather is good you know to, to, to be outside mm. and um yoga um it's been great during lockdown online yoga yeah. and um, <laughs> I enjoy, enjoy reading and you know and, and things so I think whatever um whatever sort of helps with and maintaining that um, life balance is is really worthwhile doing because only then you can ensure that you're um, then able to provide the best service. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I just think if everyone has a thing that helps them be that bit calmer collectively as a team around the client, we are offering a much calmer overall package of support. I and agree. Given that the clients are going to be bringing their own, uh, you know, sort of emotional state, which is likely to be that of a, you know, a, a more anxious or in the, you know, kind of out, their life is not quite in the control that they would have hoped or expected it to be, so on and so forth, that, that as long as the container, that those around them who can contain them, because we're contained in our own lives, um, can just allow for that, their, their emotional um, heightened emotions to be de-escalated somewhat to allow for that rehab to happen so it's actually a therapeutic you could argue it's part of the therapeutic process is to have a team around the client that is as calm and is has their their coping strategies well in place so it's like a duty it's part of our duty to our client you could argue it's a very dramatic way to put it but stay happy and be happy yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah yeah Yeah, I know it's easier said than done and and you know it's 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 you know we're in this job because there is something compelling about it but I think we, we also have to be compelled to look after ourselves because we can see the service we can do by just being a calmer person 
much like yourself, my dear Crystal, it's been really great talking to you, and um, you bring a sense of calm. <laughs> I have to say, um, so um, I yeah, I can imagine it being an absolute joy to work with you. So um, it's been an absolute joy, certainly, to have you talk to us um, about what it's like in your shoes or from your chair or from your side of the Zoom <laughs> call um, oh. when working with clients. So thank you so much. Is there anything that you you want to share from sort of Slater and Gordon or from or from you personally that you that is that that could be of interest to the audience? Sure. Um, I would just say that specialist advice is really important and we're here to help and provide ongoing support. Um, I would just recommend to consider the possibility of a claim at the earliest opportunity. All initial discussions, second opinions are free. Um, there's nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, and just feel free to contact me anytime to ask any questions. I'm always happy to help. But if you do want to hear more about the work that I and the firm do, please have a look at our case studies on the website and social media and listen to our podcasts. Um, something to, to listen and read to with a, with a, with a coffee. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. Yes, I'll put the details of the podcast that Slater and Gordon uh, produce on our uh, show notes. So thank you so much once more, Crystal. Um, Brilliant. Thanks, Shevna. It's been lovely chatting to you. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. And thank you all for listening. If you uh, did enjoy what you heard today, if you could share, comment and like, we would be very grateful. All right. Till next time. Bye bye for now. Before you go... If you enjoyed the episode today, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate it on whatever platform you're listening on and share and like on your social media profiles. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow and to be a continuous resource for all. And if there's any topic you wish for us to cover, please drop us a line on our website. Thank you so much for all your support. 